But I love that. I love the idea that you can spend time appreciating your materials mm-hmm. as part of it your is, ritual. It is cool. Because some materials you just kind of like have fallen in love with, right? So why not acknowledge that love and just take that time to appreciate it? Hello, all you mindful creatives out there. Thank you for joining us on the Sage Arts Podcast. And I do say us because I am Sage, if you don't know that already. <laughs> and, and I think they would by now. You would, right? Yeah. Well, only if they've actually listened to it more than once. But what if this is the first time they listen to it? That's true. You know, that's why I have to say it's me all the time. Mm. It always sounds weird, but yeah, <laughs> it's me. It's Sage. And then the other voice is Brett. Brett. I'm here again. Yeah. So, yeah. So. I'm here with Brett in the podcast room, and we're trying out the the lounge situation here. So I think I mentioned in a previous episode, last episode maybe, that uh, I moved this bed loungy thing that I have because I have this very strong belief that every creative area has to have a place to nap. (laughs) This has always been my thing. But in any case, it's now in the podcast room, and Brett is Mm -hmm. uh, trying it out. Yeah, not bad so far. How's that cozy corner? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much room for other people. So if, if some more of you want to come join us, I think, you know, how many people? We get like another three, room. four, five people. Well, it on, <laughs> yeah, I would say it depends on how much personal space you That's need. That's true, though. We no, can get you could three easily fit in. three people. Yeah, and we left the dogs out because we weren't sure how that was going to go. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's just us. Yep. But we have this thing before we start recording. A we, ritual. Yes. <laughs> I beat you to it. Sorry. You beat me to it. Hey. <laughs> I really embraced it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we have a ritual. I tried to anyway. Yeah, yeah. you did. <laughs> How did I do? I did pretty good. <laughs> you did good, baby. Because I'm just like, oh my gosh, let's let's just get talking. Yeah. Well, but what so happened was- is we were, before Yeah, then. we were just having lunch. And as we do, we start talking about random whatever and philosophizing about something. And I don't know what we were talking about, but then we started talking about rituals associated with what we do. Uh, I was asking you if uh, you had a, a flat, long brush oh, that I could right. borrow. <laughs> and then you described this whole thing you do about your ritual with, with it, my like brushes. how you clean it, why, of course, you yeah. clean it, and all the, the good reasons there. And you know, like my response my was brushes. like, I just I just use it and then put it in some water. I know. You know? And that's why I had to say something, because I was like, okay, if you're going to use my brushes, yeah. honey... Yeah, <laughs> you have to treat them nice with respect, and I yes, would, of course, because I like my brushes to last a long time. Yeah, you no, know, I know you, you try you to know. buy some decent, decent brushes, so you spend that money. You're like, yeah, yeah, you know, if I had disposable yeah. and be waste materials but, too. Yeah. But you make the people who sell brushes very happy. They well, count no, on you, people. no, you, you yeah, make I the do. people who yeah. sell brushes very, I, yeah. very <laughs> happy. <laughs> they count on people like me. No, I'm not that bad. No, you're but, not that uh, bad. Yeah, 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 we were talking about you know what I do to clean it and whatnot, and then you said it's like a ritual and. Then we yeah. started talking about rituals in art, and we realized this should be a podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> we did our pre-recording ritual, which is usually to make a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and situate ourselves and get everything like, you know, placed in the room and, and then test and make sure everything's going to And there's all kinds of sound tests and, and putting yeah, on the, the headphones, headphones right yeah. and, and getting near the microphone in the right way. So everything's clear. So we did our little ritual. And now we're talking to you. And we wanted to talk about rituals, not because there's, uh, like, we have a strong feeling like everybody has to have a ritual. But I don't know if a lot of people realize they have rituals. And sometimes when we're really busy or, you know, just we're thrown, right? And we can't do our usual thing. Sometimes we continue to be thrown throughout our studio session or the process, whatever it is that we're trying to take care of. 
if we don't do our rituals, I think sometimes we continue to have whatever was going on beforehand still kind of existing with us in the studio in our creative time. So we just thought we'd take a moment to just talk about our rituals and take a moment to appreciate the fact that rituals are actually a really useful and meaningful thing for a lot of people. Now, not everybody has any particular ritual, but I think a lot of people do and they may not even know they have rituals. So as we're talking about our rituals and why we do it and why we think it's important, think about your rituals. Think about what it is that you do that might help you get into your work, may help you kind of exit and and transition from your creative time into the, your day-to-day or whatever it is. And there's probably rituals during the creative process or like when you finish a piece, some of us have rituals as well. And we just thought it would be fun to acknowledge it and talk about what we do and uh, let you have the opportunity to think about what it is that you do and just kind of giving yourself a measure, giving your rituals a measure of uh, what they mean to you and your creative process. So in any case, yeah, Brett, do you want me to start? No. With my, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, this whole conversation started with with me asking for a paintbrush, to borrow a paintbrush, and then it it got me thinking about my rituals, you know, oh, right, yeah. and how much they, you know, they mean to me without even being that conscious of it. I just do these certain things. I'm not as articulate as you are when it comes to how many levels of things you, <laughs> do, you do. Well, you're doing acrylic painting right now, right? So that, yeah, and that takes a lot, a lot of you, organization. Yeah. I would be less inclined to to do it because of that. Do as much. Yeah. But you something actually more started immediate, you know? in the conversation. You said, I don't have a ritual. I just, I have to get to it. I have to get to my yeah. stuff right away. I mean, I do have a little, you know, it's like make a cup of coffee or, or right. tea or whatever. Yeah. And then sometimes sharpening a pencil would be a good part of a ritual. Yeah, didn't, didn't you say like back in the day when you did storyboards on actual paper that you sat down and you'd, you'd uh, sharpen like a whole bunch of pencils or something like that? <laughs> on actual paper. It's on crazy to people. say that. You know, but yeah, I would sit there and, and sharpen one after the other and just the sound of it would kind of... Kind of, lull you into yeah, the state of creativity. Yeah, lull me into a different... It's, it's, it cues me <laughs> yeah. to, to be like, okay, I'm going to go to, you know, get into the zone kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Go to an area that that you, you don't just turn on and off like a switch. It's pretty immediate, though. Like, I get right to business. Well, and, you think about, like, they talk about a lot of our senses. We, we use our uh, sense of sight and hearing so much, uh, but also sense of smell, sense of touch. So all those things that you do in a ritual are kind of cues to your physical being that you're going to be going into this other mode. And your brain is going to follow. It's like changing gears. Yeah. You're stepping into more abstract kind of place. Where Thinking you're, the you're creativity. Imp- yeah. You know, you're applying your skills that you know, but then also as you do it, you get into a uh, flow. Yeah. And sometimes it's really hard to get into. Some people have a harder time to get into it yeah, than others. Generally, yeah. Especially if you've been like, I get up in the morning and I try to write first thing in the morning and then I take care of all the things that will be hanging over my head. Mm. Like very organized the, that the, way. the yeah. grocery shopping and the yeah. laundry and the accounting and all those stuff. Because I want that stuff out of the way before I can get to my creative stuff. But then you have to transition from that banal, <laughs> boring, whatever, this other way of thinking. But I, the thing is, it can be hard to transition from the kind of day-to-day taking care of life things into the creative time. And so for me, the ritual is really important. And I never really thought of it as a ritual until we just started talking this afternoon. But it's true. I do have rituals for mm-hmm. all of my things yeah. that I do. And I mean, definitely, I think for most people making a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or 
you know. Well, you listed like five things that you do minimum. Yeah. So then remember what I, what I was saying was like, well, what if, you know, you're a do it now person. So yeah. what if, you know, you put on your apron, oh, and the apron string is, is broken. Broken. I would go fix it. And you're like, she would go <laughs> sew it. So what if, what if every step of the way, you know, every little part of your I ritual something? has a thing that takes you down another rabbit hole? And I then, would say today the universe decided I was not going to be doing this. What if you didn't have the right <laughs> color stuff. thread and, and you had to go to Ace oh, to go not. pick it up? See, and I that's wouldn't. like oh, afternoon. <laughs> Why do you go to Ace? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just advertising Ace, I guess. No. Um, that's, that's a stupid. hardware store. Yeah. It's I a think hard, I got to go to Joanne's. Yeah. That's our, yeah. Joanne's. Yeah. <laughs> In any case, most people get together, whatever kind of beverage they're going to have for their session and turn on the lights and plug in the machines if there's machines that need to be plugged in and put out the supplies if there's supplies that are normally stored. So like my acrylic painting process, my ritual for that is different than like for my polymer clay. Um, and we were talking about this. When I worked as a, a working artist, it was primarily polymer clay that I worked with. And I had a really short ritual. I made my tea or coffee or whatever. And then I sat down, I cleared my table because there was always ever, <laughs> you know, this giant, how big is that table I have out there? I've had that same table for a while. It's yeah, like it's huge. six feet by yeah. four feet surface, right? Yeah. So it's a pretty good big uh, working surface. But I would always end up with a 10-inch square hmm. of clear space that I could actually work in. Wow. Because <laughs> there's so many things involved. <laughs> so yeah. polymer clay was a pretty simple thing. I If I didn't put my tools away at the end of the last time, put the tools away so I know where everything is. And then uh, spray down the tabletop and clean it so there's no lint or anything that would get into the clay. And and that would just jump in. I was saying it was kind of different for me because when I was doing that kind of work, I was a full-time artist and designs for polymer. And what I wanted to try next was a constant presence in my mind. Mm. It's almost like I never left that state of mind most of the time because I it pretty much I'd get up, go to the studio, work all day. And then go to sleep and get up and do it again. Yeah. Right? So those of you who are working artists probably do the same thing. But I think the transition from whatever I would do first thing in the morning that I had to do before I could go into the studio and just work Mm -hmm. was not that much, not that long. And I didn't need a big ritual to get into it. My ritual was very short. It would last all a minute or so, you Mm. know, two minutes maybe. And then I'd just sit down and work. Hmm. You know, but I always knew what I was doing and I always had a series of things going and I had a list of stuff I had to make for the next show and that kind of thing. With the acrylic stuff, because I'm more in a learning phase too right now, I go in, I do all my water cups, organize my brushes and uh, get out my canvases and get out the paints and get out the mediums. And it's like this whole long thing. Yeah. But it gives me a lot of time to think about what it is I want to do. And then most of the time, I didn't have much of an exit ritual in my Hmm. process. like. When I was finished for the day or finished for the session uh, in polymer, a lot of times it would be wrap up the clay so it doesn't get lint and dust on it. And that would be about it. That would be about the only thing I did. With the painting, you got to take care of the brushes and you got to clear things out and yep. if, make sure everything's closed up so things aren't drying out. And I go into the garage and uh, I have a little setup for cleaning my brushes and I just sit there and I clean my brushes. But it's it's a really, I really, really appreciate being forced to do that because then I sit there and I review what I did for that session. What did I do that I liked? What did I do that I felt accomplished? What did I do that I would like to do different or better? Or what would I like to try next time? Yeah. And then having had those thoughts, when I do my ritual to start the next day mm-hmm. or session, I already kind of know what it is I want to do. And it so makes moving into the creativity 
Easier. Moving into the that's interesting. into that session a wow. lot easier. You never quite articulated like that. Yeah, that's good. So, that's really interesting. And I just thought, wow, I really, I really, really appreciate that ritual. Yeah. And I was thinking, since I wasn't thinking about my past in terms of doing a ritual, if the days where things were harder and I was struggling and I felt like the whole day was off, I'm wondering if I skipped rituals some of those times, because I think you do these things and your body becomes so used to this being part of the process that if you skip it, you're thrown. Hmm. Like your system is thrown. Like your brain is like, wait, we skipped a step. I don't know. I mean, for some people, it probably wouldn't matter at all. But I wonder for a lot of us, if we recognize our rituals and understand that they are a important part of our process. Or an important procrastination to our process. (laughs) (laughs) No, and it is a part, it is partly procrastination. It it is. I know it can be for me, but but it it gives you time to think and it gives you time to mentally get into it. It's transitioning, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you just have to kind of, you know, have some reins and and be okay. I'm not going to fix this apron string. I'm just going to get to work. It's fine. Yeah, Yeah. the important thing that we're there for is to sit and do it. To sit and do it. So my ritual has become really important, both the... Uh, intro or what would you call it, uh, getting into the work ritual yeah. and then the exiting the work ritual has actually become really important to me because I am in more of a learning phase and I'm not 24-7 thinking about the work and the design because I'm not a working artist like I used to be. So now for you, I find your insight on this interesting because you have a day job that is creative mm-hmm. and it's well, it's creative, but you also because you're a director, you do a lot of managing people. Yeah. So you have both of those things during your day. And then you I don't know, I guess you should tell us are you doing your creativity in the morning and then also in the evening and then also on the weekends for yourself? Or how how is that working for you right now? Uh it's it's been touch and go because it's it gets so busy. So have you established rituals before you begin? And if you have do you find there are times where you don't do the rituals that it makes it harder or does it make any difference to you to you have know, that? I don't know. That's a really, really good question. Because I don't think it makes that much of a difference. It depends on the circumstances. Yeah. If I have the time, like for instance, I know I have three hours without interruptions or yeah. something. I might take my time getting into it and uh, setting up everything. Maybe you were even organizing my area because right yeah. now it's actually a big mess, you know. <laughs> but uh, I really like things in their place. Well, you're working with alcohol inks. Alcohol inks right now. just uh, And brush pens and things like that, right? experimenting, yeah. So maybe there's not as much preparation for some of that stuff, but is there well, not still a whole, like, I'm going to sit down and do this ritual? Well, the, you put on music usually yeah. or, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes it'll, lately I've been just doing silence. Yeah, I Really big on silence mm-hmm. <laughs> in the creative mode, but that's just me. Yeah, certain certain music that has no words, you know. Yeah. So we have had a hard time getting into creative stuff, but you managed a few things this weekend. Yeah, right? I did. Yeah, I got a little. A Was little there time a in. ritual involved in getting into those that allowed you? I think it's it's like an act of uh, assertion initially, because I've been. Yeah. I guess I've been so busy. I mean, my energy's lower or something. But that said, I, once I sit down. And I turn my light on and start looking at like whatever, the tip of a pin or a pencil. (laughs) And I just look at the materials and the way the light's hitting it. And it just sort of inspires me, I guess. And I'll just start to make lines. And So isn't your ritual then kind of 
an appreciation of your materials. Yeah, it might like just be. Like <laughs> the aesthetic appreciation of your materials. Yeah. Well, why not? Yeah, you know? I guess so. Doing... I bet I'm not the only one, too. Yeah, I bet there's no, lots of people who you know, feel that way. When I did, uh, so I did the backsplash for our kitchen with granite, copper, and glass. And I know I spent time with the materials beforehand and really appreciating the materials because mm. it was just beautiful. I See, mean, that's cool. After working with polymer for so long, and I love polymer and obviously nothing against it, but to actually have real granite in my hands yeah. and not a granite polymer that looks like granite or, well, part of it is when you're doing mosaics, you are picking individual pieces to go in, yeah. you know, and right, some right. of the stuff would be very like, you know, in, in areas that were going to be seen a lot or, or directly under a light or whatnot. And so I would spend some time looking for the best pieces, but also appreciating like some of the granite was just so beautiful with these little like rust lines that would come through them all of a sudden, yeah, or yeah. this is a really evenly speckled uh, striation of granite in just like a pure black and white kind of thing. And I just, you know. So what was your ritual? You were sitting down and uh, would you organize the colors together? Or? Well, I had trays with all the different colored glass and then long, thin pieces of so granite. So did you organize them? Well, they were more or less organized to start with, but I'd pull them out, lay them all out. And then I would start picking through and being like, okay, I'm going to start this new section. Which pieces do I want to be kind of front and center? And in the process of going through that, I would take time to appreciate the materials. So did you do an eeny, meeny, miny, mo sort of process? I don't when eeny, you... meeny, miny, mo much of anything. <laughs> and then just <laughs> this one but, and you just put it up there. But I love that. I love the idea that you can spend time appreciating your materials <laughs> mm -hmm. as part of it your is, ritual. It is cool. Because I, then yeah. just kind of... I don't know, some materials you just kind of like have fallen in love with, right? Yeah. So why not acknowledge that love and just take that time to appreciate it in that framework? Because I think it just comes from childhood too, having always drawn a lot of really cool things happen with uh, a pencil or a pen, you know? So yeah. you just, you start to appreciate your relationship with the, uh, yeah, like with you're the saying, materials. the material. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is there any kind of transitional ritual that you use between types of work that you're doing? I was trying to think if I did hmm. that. I don't know if I do. Well, I guess, the, you know, there's the alcohol things have like a an, an eyedropper at the top yeah. and you have to drop it in, you know, the, the pigment into like a little tray, palette yeah. tray thing. Yeah. So, you know, there's a little bit of that, but usually I'm just like, oh, just do it. You know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> a little impatient. <laughs> well, you know, the reason for that, I was thinking about it. And the reason for it is I grew up on, uh, you know, markers, Oh. And, you know. And it's just instant. You only thing to do is pull a, a cap off, right. you know, and then you then there's your color, you know, and you can mix and you can do some cool right. things with it. So that was my whole childhood and for a long time. Yeah, for and then a I started painting in college a little bit, you know, and I discovered that it, I was impatient with like the materials. You didn't mix colors, did you? I did not learn to mix <laughs> colors like properly. Yeah, I mean, I know the basic basics, but. There's a whole art, of course, to mixing colors. Yeah. Well, I, I have actually known quite a few people in, like, say, polymer, because we deal with color, you know, lots of color. And big artists, too, who are like, I never mix colors. I just do it straight from the package. I've never learned to mix colors. Huh. And it's like, that okay. That makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not. Yeah. It's, I don't think well, you have to with the stuff that's out there. I mean, I do think it limits what you can do. I love mixing. Because I love being able to say, there's this thing in my head and I want to create that exact I, I thing. I envy that a lot. I think that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Color mixing can be a fantastic ritual, I think. I did a lot of that. I would sit down with my clay, and I know a lot of people that would do this when they worked in polymer clay, who will sit down and mix all their colors first. You know, and then you're just sitting there, and it's nothing you have to really think too deeply about. You know, if you've chosen a palette for the year, a lot of people, especially if they're production level, they're doing wholesale or whatnot, 
they will pick a palette for the year and then they will just sit down and mix those colors when they need to sit down and make whatever they're making. They mix the colors they need for that project or those projects. And that is a big part of the ritual, I would say, Mm -hmm. that they start their session with. So if you have something like that where you can spend some time preparing, I think, especially if you have a hard time getting into the work initially, that is a way to get your mind set Mm -hmm. that we're in creative mode, but it's going to be easy and it's going to be kind of a zen entrance into Mm -hmm. it by doing something like mixing colors or like I do with my setup. And 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 they are those things need to be done they anyway. need to be done anyways so why not incorporate them as a ramp up instead yeah. of a i mean i'm speaking for myself yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> instead of a uh i'll just get this out of the way so i can get doing the thing yeah you yeah know? but you can look at that in and of itself as being something that's not just oh i have to get this thing out of the way but it is the ritual that tells your brain mm-hmm. and your body this is what we're going to be doing you can relax into it your brain can move from whatever state it was in previously like you were doing your bills or whatnot. And now you're going to go into creative mode. It actually gives you a transition. Yeah. Escape it, hatch. You it, know. Well, <laughs> that. Yeah. But, but it's um, so it's kind of like mindfulness because you stop and you look at the things that you need for that for that session and you can stop and appreciate your materials. If you're mixing colors, then you stop and you're just thinking colors and you don't have to think about the design and the construction or whatever it is that you have to put into the project that day. And I think it makes it a really nice ease into what you're doing. Mm. And I personally appreciate that opportunity to slow down, do something really simple and easy, but that's also going to prepare me for hopefully a really good and successful session. And like color mixing, like with my acrylics, I mix as I go but that's because acrylics dry so fast you can't like do a whole lot of pre-mixing unless you put retarders and mediums in it. But anyway, it's a whole nother thing. <laughs> but like in polymer clay, you can mix as you go. And I know a lot of people who do that. But what a thing to just spend some time at the beginning mixing all this stuff and then yeah. talk about there's no interruption from that point. You've mixed all your colors. They're sitting there waiting for you. And then you just start cutting and forming and go, you know, and you just start putting things together from already pre-mixed clay and you don't have to stop and do that. That's great. Yeah. And I think, cause every time you stop to do some preparation work during your creative process, it, it's probably going to be a shift. Yeah. Right. You have to use your brain differently. Yeah. For a moment. You have to, like, yeah. like mixing colors is definitely a different brain mode than designing something. It's like pulling, if you're on a racetrack, it's like you're pulling out over for a pit stop. Oh, pit quick. stop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Pit stop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're all part of it. I yeah. think they're all the thing that kind of gets it's, us there. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, we just wanted to stop and talk about the ritual. So you have the opportunity to stop and think about what it is that you do to get into your work or what do you do during the process to transition from one thing to another. That'd, that'd be a fun thing to, you know, to hear people's rituals. Like, I would rituals love to hear because, that. Because like some people might just like, okay, they need to break something. Maybe that's the first thing <laughs> they need to do, you know. <laughs> and you know, that's funny I feel like I just talked about this. Maybe I didn't. I used to, when I was in art school and I was doing painting, I was doing independent study uh, in the last semester. And I was having a really hard time with just some personal stuff. And so I had something I called a slash canvas. Really, I I took some leftover stretcher bars and I made this really strangely proportioned. It was like 18 inches wide and like four feet tall or something. So this big, long 
nothing. And I would just do whatever I wanted to when I came in. And that was actually my ritual for yeah. painting then hmm. is that I would just... Slash it a few times. I, yeah. I, sometimes it would be slashed. Sometimes I would just throw paint on it. Sometimes I would just grab whatever. They're, so these aren't precision, paste and throw it, these throw aren't it precision on there. cuts. This, these are like... Whoosh. Well, I called it a slash canvas <laughs> because one of the first things I did after I started painting on it was I took an X-Acto to it and put a big slash in it. Yeah. And then I took some needle and thread and I stitched it back oh. up. And then I slashed another part on like a week or two later. Oh, okay. And so I started calling it a slash canvas because it's... I this, see. That represented the feeling I had yeah. that I could just take out whatever frustration or anything that was bothering me on this canvas i could just slash at it yeah. whether it was a literal slash or i was just throwing paint on it in a you know yeah. slashing motion whatever so it was my ritual to go in and just attack this canvas mm -hmm. with whatever wow. intense it would get things out with the it materials. would also make me yeah. A little less precious with my materials. God, it's true. All that stuff costs, especially in college. Right? Yeah, when you're in college, you so have this. Like, you know, yeah. I was making like I don't know, like two fifty an hour. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago, but I didn't make a lot of money, and so all this stuff was precious to me. But at the so same time, so then it time, made it hard to be creative in it. Sometimes you're it like, would oh, be. I don't want to waste this paper yeah. or this canvas. So you know? I was like, look, you you have to let go of that if you're going to do That's what so you true. want to do. I literally just will will go into a page and just start scribbling. And then uh, yeah. just to, 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 just, you know, to break it in, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, I used to do that. I well, actually I still do that with sketchbooks, the first like page page, but the inside cover. Yeah. I yeah. just draw whatever. Oh. I just hmm. put stuff down. It's I, like what, a whatever page doodle, kind of thing. Because you just need to like it not be completely blank because it's so intimidating. <laughs> it's like staring <laughs> back at you. pages and pages of perfection. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't ah. stare at the white page for you. I put stuff down because. Well, you, you do that all the time. That way, You're so um, good at that. Yeah, that that way, even if you do terrible things, like things that you just hate, you know, you're like, <laughs> okay. well, I can do better than <laughs> Not that. terrible things or, like you didn't like, you know, yeah. beat somebody up or... <laughs> yeah, no, 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 yeah. No, just like the drawings or the, the drawings, yeah, like yeah, if yeah. I do thumbnails or something, it's like, oh, you know, I just put anything down. Yeah. And that'll give me something to build off of. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, then it gets better. That's kind know? of a little ritual yeah. too. You get a clean sketchbook and you got to do something to it right away. You yeah. got it. It's got to be a working sketchbook. Yeah. As soon as it gets into your hands. I know I'm like that too. Yeah. So there's little rituals through all of this stuff and micro rituals, micro, micro <laughs> rituals. I like that. I like taking this time to appreciate that we do have these rituals yeah. and, and try to think about what it is that they do for us and what they mean for our work and our yeah. process. And then those times where we're tempted to not do the rituals, you know, could be something that you need to stop and think, Hey, is this worth it is is the extra five minutes i'm going to get worth me not doing this ritual because i'm not going to do what i usually do and my system my whole my body my brain is not going to feel settled potentially i mean for some people it's not going to matter for some people it makes no difference whatsoever like i said when i was a working artist it didn't matter because my brain was always there anyways hmm. but for those of us who have a lot of other things that we do busy busy yeah, yeah. like doing the podcast is a very different kind of mental creativity because it's teaching you know right and versus yeah. sitting down actually doing my yeah, work because then you're when you're actually sitting down doing your work you're more in the the abstract you know the unknown like you don't yeah you probably have a plan of what you're going to do in some way if yeah. i know you but mm -hmm. <laughs> but you're still not sure what it's going to be and how no. it's going to yeah. like what you're going to tap into the the thing that that reveals itself yeah you know and it does yeah. and all it this does. stuff the the whole uh, the the revealing happens in the process 
in everything that I do. And that's the cool part, you know? Yeah. And not like cool, man. I mean, more no. like that's just the good part. But yeah. it's good to have that kind of like get into that mental state because you're more open yeah. to those things revealing themselves. You know, like sometimes I think I'm going to sit down and I, and I, I script out the podcasts because I don't always, I'm not always able to talk <laughs> coherently. I don't know how to put that. You're telling I, me. I, yeah. I tell yeah. <laughs> I don't. We do. I do so, so much better when I'm talking to you. Really? But it, yes. Uh, I don't know. I guess because we just have this mode that we are yeah, always in. Yeah. But if I try to just sit down and like talk out a podcast without scripting something first, I will stumble all the time. Oh, I see. And see, I conversation's also, different because you're conversation's feeding, different. you're bouncing off. We're bouncing off of each other. You know. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know what that has That's to do with work. ritual, but yeah. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. But this is our conversation. Yeah, this is, this how is our the way we talk over, over lunch today and well, in it, general, it, you yeah. know. So, you know, I, th I think there's a, a real fun quality to, to just letting that all un unfold in yeah. front of us. But it is like, you know, no net kind of thing. And like, no okay, net. well, what are you going to say now? I have no idea. Well, That's today <laughs> we had no net because we were talking at lunch. And I'm like, yeah. this is a great conversation. It is a good And I'm like, do you want to go do yeah. this? And I think we're actually procrastinating because we have to clean the garage. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I want to do it. <laughs> it's like, hey, you want to do a podcast? Well, you, well yeah. <laughs> after talking about this, I want to go to my room and do some stuff. You I know, know right? Mm -hmm. So I'll go to the garage. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, you're going to organize the tools. I got to so organize the tools. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the puppy and... and uh... Wow, your day's sounding a lot more fun than mine. Oh, but before we get to off course, what if someone doesn't have a ritual? Do you think that's something people can invent or or should they look into, I don't know, you know, lighting a candle, I think you said earlier. Uh, well, I'm sure everyone has a ritual. I, maybe they're not conscious of it, but yeah, if maybe there's ones you could add or invent, you know. I think candlelight puts me in the mood. Yeah. You know? So I invented <laughs> that at one point. I think in college I started doing that, and it's not something I did before that. Yeah. So, like, if people are listening to this and thinking, like, I don't have a ritual, I just jump into it. Now, maybe for some people that is all they need. They just need to get into it. They don't need to do yeah, any of this kind of I'm stuff. I'm kind of that way, but I have a few things. But do you think people should try it out? Like, let me try having a little ritual, whether it's making my tea and sitting down and, and admiring my materials or... Maybe it's stretching, you know, like doing some <laughs> yoga <laughs> poses. Some yoga? Yeah. That's actually not a bad idea, It's really honestly, kind of a good idea. Because kind of... you, you breathe and you, you get out... And you relax and, and you probably get your brain waves and... Change gears. Into, what is it? The, the creative brain waves? What, yeah. Alpha, maybe. I can't remember. <laughs> remember Alpha Beta when we were Alpha kids? Beta. Yeah. <laughs> That's a West Coast thing. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know if people should invent a ritual. That seems like you're trying to put something into place that doesn't naturally exist. Hmm. But, That's a good point, I suppose. But maybe if you find yourself having a hard time getting into the work, if it takes you a while to get into the work, maybe ritual could be something and it could be as simple as cleaning your table or it could be looking through what you did the previous session or the previous day or the last time you worked. But for some people, ritual won't probably be a, a big thing. Maybe trying it out or trying a few things to see if there's some kind of preparation for the work that is helpful or... or oh, taking, taking a, uh, an ice bath. Do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, I, what would be I'm the craziest <laughs> ritual? Yeah, that'd be a lot. Oh, there could be all kinds of crazy rituals, right? but uh, yeah. yeah, we probably don't have time to get into all the potential. <laughs> <laughs> but I have really valued that exit ritual, you know, my cleaning of my brushes and organizing my space and that kind of thing. 
I find the reviewing what I did to be really, I don't know, it's it's like downtime for me almost. It's like, okay, I'm going to not just jump from this creative stuff to the next thing. I'm going to take some time to appreciate what it is that I just did. And that's a mindfulness thing, right? That you are mm-hmm. in the moment realizing the the value of the moments that you've just been living. And like you were saying earlier, it's a level of awareness. Yeah. And and being very present in what we're choosing in to do. In what we're doing, yeah. Yeah, which, you know, I mean, some people might not find that helpful, but I mm-hmm. think, you know, considering all of the research and the uh, material that is out there about being more mindful and being more present in the moment, because it's the only thing we ever, ever know that we have is that moment that we're in, this very moment. It's the only thing we know we're going to have. That have an appreciation for that will probably bring more, I don't know, joy to the work, uh, more fulfillment to know that you are allowing yourself and giving yourself this time. So yeah, so maybe it's just a matter of giving yourself that time to appreciate what you've done. And I think we don't stop to like think about what it is that we're doing and why we like it and why it works for us. Don't even realize what it is that we appreciate about what we're doing. And having that exit time for me is what that is. It's appreciating what I just did, recognizing my successes, because I think that's super important because a lot of times we can just beat ourselves up over what we didn't accomplish. But if you're taking that time to look at your successes, looking at, you know, what you liked about what you did, as well as what you want to try to do differently or better or, you know, explore next time is uh, really grounding for yourself as an artist. When I was in figure drawing a lot, I would make a commitment to not look at anything that I did that day at the end of a session. That was part of my ritual. because oh, I would critique it. I would hate everything. Yeah. But then if I look back on it in a day or two, then I'm like, oh, then I see the progress or I can appreciate it like someone else did it and look at it a little bit more objectively. And that could be a great initial ritual getting into the work Mm -hmm. because you look back at what you did because the day of you always, you're ready. It's too raw. Yeah. Yeah, You're ready to just say, Ooh, I I suck. (laughs) Yeah. It's maybe because you're so close to at that time, you know, all the areas that you were frustrated in, you know, the areas that their mistakes are at. But if you come back to it later, you may have forgotten all that stuff and you just kind of see it with fresh eyes and go, oh, look at those beautiful lines I did. Oh, look at the the way I shaped that. That was great. You know, because you don't have that awareness of the the struggle that you went through as much. It's not like out front. So, yeah, that's probably a really good thing to do as well. So look at what you did previously, but only if it's given yourself enough time to set aside all those things that may have bothered you in the process of doing it. And and come to appreciate the things that you did well. And I just I just think that's really, really important to spend time seeing what we do well. If you can come back to it later. And mm-hmm. that could be an opening ritual for you to get into your work is to look at what you did previously and get yourself excited about mm-hmm. look what I can do. I'm so good. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you get the pat on the back thing, I suppose, but but more importantly, the experience of doing it should be the thing that draws us. No, well, for some people, yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And some people, the end result is. So there's that thing. There's some artists are into the journey and some people are into the destination. Yeah. Some people are into both, you know, and either to differing degrees. So, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's another ritual. So if you don't have a ritual to get into uh, your work, maybe looking at what you previously did, especially if it is bolstering to you. If it encourages you, if if it proves to you that you're good at what you do and not just <laughs> remembering works. how frustrated you were last time trying to do something, but you yeah. stop and look and go, oh my gosh, that was really cool what I did. Yeah. So think about your ritual. 
or if you don't think you have them, whether that's something that you'd want to do and what kind of ritual might be useful for you. And if you do have rituals, I think just an awareness of that could be good for you to know when to not ignore it, you know, when it's useful for you. And you can even build on it a little bit without procrastinating too yeah. much to get into your, you really, yeah, into your process. You really got me thinking about it a lot. Yeah. And yeah, that's the fine line when it becomes procrastination, I guess. Yeah, it could but, be. But, you know, it depends on how much time you have to sit down, what a kind of chunk of time you have ahead of you. And then we're going to, and then, you know, intro rituals, extra rituals, ex- exit rituals, I guess. Exit r- extra. rituals, yeah. What is our exit ritual for the podcast? Oh, oh, it's been like two hours. We've got to stop this now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got to walk the dog or you know, something. Yeah. Something comes up. So we got to go. Social. See you. Thanks. It's been go fun. Woo. No, it's, uh, it's yeah. good. But uh, yeah, hopefully this has been an interesting thought process for you to become aware of what it is you do either before, or during, after, or like when you finish. I was thinking there's probably rituals when you like finish a project. You know, you go, you take a picture of it or you show it to your significant other or, you know, you just hang it on the wall. You go get a drink because you did it. You yeah. know, so rituals like that, I think, are important, too. And I think it's not just the rituals telling our brains to do what they need to do to get into the mode or to review what you've done for the day, but to also just stop and appreciate the experience and the process and realize that this is a huge part of why we do what we do. Usually the process itself. And so I think the rituals will help in having us appreciate and probably be happier in what we're doing because we have stopped to think about it and have that glass of wine when we finish the project or have Mm -hmm. a glass of wine when you finish the session. But yeah, before we go do that, really quickly, if you would like to tell us about your rituals, because we would love to hear what you do for getting into your work and have your work in the middle of your work, any of that, write me at thesagearts.com. There's a contact page there. If you get the newsletter, which you can get by hitting the news and notices button on the homepage of thesagearts.com, you can reply to that newsletter and tell me your stories or tell me what you think or criticize what I do. (laughs) I don't care. I just like to hear and get that feedback so I can continue to work on focusing this podcast for you. And if you like what I'm doing and you want to support the podcast and give back, there are donation buttons on the homepage about halfway down through PayPal or buy me a coffee. And of course, all these links can be found in the show notes or description section of wherever you are listening to this podcast from. And if you haven't done so already, please hit that follow button on your podcast player so you know when the new episodes are out. And if you want to leave a review, I'd love that as well. I don't ask for that enough, but I'd love to see that because that's also feedback for me. You can also write me or follow what's going on through social media, primarily Instagram. That's primarily what I work on uh, at the sagearts.com podcast, but Facebook as well. You can reach me through messaging or any of the posts there at the Sage Arts Podcast on Facebook. And that said, maybe we go get a glass of wine. I like wine. Yeah. We'll have a wonderful glass of wine. Well, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Brett, for jumping into the podcast room with me so suddenly this afternoon. Yeah, we had a good time. Yeah. And uh, you all go out there, figure out your rituals and, and see what you think of them. And then, you know, of course, feed that muse and be true to your weirdness. And then join us next time on the Sage Arts Podcast.